Welcome to On the Hill. I'm Tim Rood, Head of Industry Relations here at Citus AMC. In this episode, Regulatory Redo, are we witnessing a resurgence of the heavy-handed enforcement regime that we saw in the financial crisis? Let's take a look. After the 2008 meltdown, state and federal regulators took steps to protect consumers from real and perceived predatory lending tactics. The government passed the Dodd-Frank Act and created the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Inspector generals and state attorney generals, also known as auditioning governors, took unprecedented action to root out bad actors and to hit lenders and servicers with tens of billions of dollars in fines. Regulators had real concerns about lenders' interpretation and implementation of their federally backed mortgage program. Heavy-handed enforcement coupled with punishingly high financial penalties resulted in many prominent financial institutions paring down or even exiting the consumer direct mortgage space. As a result, independent mortgage bankers, or IMBs, claim this space from the banks. These non-depository institutions now make up the majority of both the origination and servicing markets for government-backed mortgage programs. IMBs have come under a great deal of scrutiny regarding their levels and sources of liquidity, capital, and the perceived risk of widespread failure, which could cause systemic damage to the financial system. Fast forward to today, and COVID-19 is creating massive upheaval in housing and financial markets. Once again, the federal government is, rightly so, focused on protecting the consumer, evident in the CARES Act. Now, Section 4022 of the Act permits a borrower with a federally-backed mortgage loan to request forbearance for up to a year's worth of mortgage relief. The only problem is that no one asked or even consulted with lenders or servicers about what they thought about the policy before it went into place. And they've received little support to alleviate the sudden intense pressure of administering the CARES Act forbearance provision. Mortgage servicers quickly processed an avalanche of forbearance requests from COVID-impacted households, more than $4 million through June. They've advanced funds to investors and bondholders to the tune of approximately $5 billion monthly. On top of that, government agencies are now demanding that servicers produce copies of their policies, procedures, practices, and communications with borrowers seeking COVID relief while government agencies are still writing their own policies. Most leaders in the mortgage industry have found themselves wringing their hands and bemoaning, here we go again. So what's at stake here? Let's bring in Mark Arlen, Managing Director of Citus AMC. Mark, always good to see you. Um, can you talk about the role of IMBs using these government programs? Am I, am I overstating the issue? Am I understating it? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, th there's no question the IMBs have taken on a much, much bigger role as a result of the banks pulling back shortly after the housing crisis. Um, the, the IMBs, especially through the government-backed and government-sponsored programs, have gone out to largely middle America, and help people find their dream of home ownership. Uh, what we've seen is that many cases when the banks pulled back, the IMBs came in and ultimately chose to lend in spaces where the banks were. Of course, the IMBs have stakeholders, and those stakeholders are very focused on the risk and reward rate, the risk and reward ratio. So, I mean, in summary, if you look at these things, can you imagine being an operator and a I know I was, you know, for a while um, running a mortgage company, and you kind of look at these things, you're like, hey, look, if I can't identify the risks that I'm taking, I can't price for them, 
I certainly can't mitigate them. Yep. And, you know, like a prudent business owner, you would just come to your senses and say, I'm just assuming I don't take these risks and find something else to do with my capital. That sound about right to you? Yeah, it really does. And I, and I think if we get there, and in many cases, we could be close to there right now. If we get there, we'll see people exit the space. We'll see others need to ultimately have, um, frankly, a greater return in the space, which will be a direct cost to the consumer. So one way or another, the connection between the sort of private-public relationship of the IMBs and the federal government uh, will find homeostasis, whether it's folks getting out of the market and the government having to step in to stimulate, or frankly, higher prices to the consumers. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I'm terrified by the idea that these IMBs would actually pull out of these programs like the FHA and, um, you know, find themselves, like I said, distracted by other business prospects. I don't know who, who steps in this time. The banks obviously threw in the keys last time. IMBs could be on the verge of doing something like that. I don't know. It's very troubling when you start thinking about that these mortgage lenders and servicers support about 20% of GDP. This isn't about fairness, right? This is about good macroeconomics. Absolutely, Tim. And, you know, it's not even necessarily the level of profitability, which is where a lot of people ultimately think to go, but it's about liquidity. You know, what we saw recently with the uh, CARES Act is Congress passed acts that required tremendous amounts of liquidity to be bore by independent mortgage banks. And it was a sort of Six Sigma environment where mm -hmm. IMBs weren't possibly prepared. Yeah, and they're dealing with liquidity requirements now that are, depending on the agency, six to 20 plus times what's required of them just to be qualified for the programs. You throw on top of this this sort of overzealous enforcement and crippling public policies. And, you know, you have to wonder, you know, what the future looks like um, and what's at risk. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. We've not, we didn't find many IMBs at all, maybe none, who complained about the cost of the liquidity, which you think would be a very logical thing for them to complain about. Their big fear was they wouldn't find the liquidity. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's the banking community that has to support the IMBs or the U.S. government, but it's such a hostile environment today in many <laughs> cases with the regulation. Yeah, exactly. Hostile. I remember... Um, one lender summed it up perfectly during the, uh, the financial crisis. He goes, I wake up every day in fear of my own government. <laughs> and um, that seems to be kind of uh, the redo that we're looking at. Um, with that said, Mark, thanks so much for the time. Well, folks, that's it for this episode of On the Hill. Remember to follow Citus AMC on LinkedIn. Go to our website, CitusAMC.com, to view more of our insights. I'm your host, Tim Rude. Thanks for joining